Hey, chiropractors, we're ready for another modern chiropractic marketing show with Dr. Kevin Christie, where we discuss the latest in marketing strategies, content marketing, direct response marketing, and business development with some of the leading experts in the industry. Hey, docs, welcome to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Today I have an interview with Dr. Andrew Van Hoek, and we are going to dive into the realities of many things in practice. Um, you know, he uh, has a, a private practice. He's been through a lot. We're going to talk about how he purchased a practice that was not congruent with his value system uh, and had to try to retrofit it, realize it was uh, kind of an impossible task, decided to um, really transition out of that into a new practice that he started uh, rebrand, also find a new niche, and we talk about that and really converting himself into a into a niche that he's very passionate about now, and how uh, in a year and a half of doing that, not even a year and a half, he's completely transformed from losing money every month to making money every month and being profitable, and we outline a lot of what he's done uh, to do that. And so we have a, a wide-ranging conversation about all those things and he just brings a lot of good wisdom uh, to the to the table here and I was excited to uh, extract that out very candid gentleman and and we had a great conversation you can learn a lot from him he's he's implemented everything he 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 digests it and he implements it and I think that's one of the biggest problems I see with chiropractors out there is uh, uh, they probably know what they need to do but the resistance gets to them and they don't do it and then they wonder why they're not growing. And so uh, Andy is one of those docs that uh, learns, implements, and sees the results. And I think you'll like this interview with Dr. Andrew Van Hoek. All right, Andy, appreciate the time. I know you and I talk all the time, and uh, it's been a pleasure to get to know you for a while, and I'm excited to have you on. I, th I think you have a lot to share with chiropractors out there, and you do a good job of communicating that. And so I appreciate you being a guest on the podcast for the first time. Uh, before we dive into the uh, meat and potatoes of this episode, tell us a little bit about yourself, both personally and professionally. Uh, first and foremost, thank you very, very much, Kevin, um, for having me on. It's an absolute honor, honestly. Uh, yeah, I'm a chiropractor. I'm uh, Andy Van Hoek. I'm in Burlington, North Carolina, kind of like the center of the state. I'm uh, married to a gorgeous wife, Jackie, and then I've got two young kids, a five-year-old daughter, three-year-old son. I graduated from uh, Cleveland Chiropractic College in December of 2012. I guess it's now Cleveland University, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, immediately started practice in a uh, kind of high volume clinic in January of 2013. And it was one of those uh, kind of practices where, you know, it doesn't matter if you're 16 or if you're 80, you're going to be recommended that like 85 visit and a $5,000 kind of plan. Yeah. So it wasn't, you know, my ideal kind of practice, but at the same time, it, it provided me kind of like a great practice kind of ground to to really get my hands on a lot of people so from that aspect it was, it was a great thing that's great yeah and you know i've got a, a pretty good knowledge of your practice and and in the last couple of years and stuff you've you know obviously done some coaching with me and and csa so it's been fun to to work with you and Thanks. i want you to i want you to touch base on that because yeah i I think this happens a lot and I think people can learn from it, but um, you did get your hands on a lot of people, which is really good. Right. I, uh, I had a good situation when I got out of school where 
um, unlike yours, this was a this was a a very ethical uh, practice and very good, uh, and it was it was a higher volume. We had a lot of patients, mm-hmm. and I got my hands on a lot of people, which was great. But obviously, you were you know working for a practice that really wasn't congruent with what you wanted to, you know, what we'll call it. It was not patient centered. It was more right. doctor centered, right? I, w- I would say maybe it didn't line up with my value system, and certainly not like what I dreamed the practice of my of my future would be. Yeah. And how long were you an associate for that practice? I was an associate there for two years. And then the best part about the story is that I was crazy enough slash arrogant enough to buy that practice. And the reason I did that is I was confident in myself and I guess arrogant myself that I'd be able to make the changes that I wanted to make to make it kind of that practice of my dreams. Um, and it was constantly like I was trying to fit a square peg into a round hole and then everything that could go wrong kind of went wrong. And yep. so it was, it, it was honestly kind of like the best thing I, I could have ever done was to close that practice mm-hmm. and completely start fresh, um, with exactly the style of practice that I had always wanted and the kind of the, the target and, and everything like that. And it, best decision I ever made there. Yeah. Cause I know like you, what you've tried to do is um, get rid of a lot of those long care plans and all that yep. stuff. And, and obviously that put a dent in your volume and collections and uh, trying to retrofit. Uh, a, yeah. A, a retrofit's pra- a good way to put it. Practice like that can be challenging. And I run into that <clears throat> with chiropractors out there where they, they end up buying a practice that uh, isn't congruent with their value system, like you said, and they try mm-hmm. to uh, retrofit it and, and it can be hard. It can be done, but it can be hard. It can be a challenge. I, I do think one would be wise to buy a practice that um, is congruent with their value system in the, for the most part, unless you're just getting a complete steal, uh, which I don't think you did, but, um, ah. <laughs> but ultimately, you know, you, you made that decision where you were going to stick with your value system and do the right thing. And then that led you to the um, decision to obviously shut that down and open up a, a different practice. Right. Yeah. It just, it, it just became a lot easier. And then I guess kind of as time went on, it just became more and more obvious that that was the avenue that I had to take Mm -hmm. because it didn't matter, you know, what I tried to do to get ahead in the old practice, every single change that I made to kind of make it in the avenue that I would prefer to do it Mm -hmm. made everything just kept making it worse almost. Yeah. And I know, you know, we, we kind of preach out a little bit where, you, you're a candid individual, which is nice, but uh, there was definitely cash flow issues at that point. Right. Um, yeah. And, and that was, that's, that's tough to where you're trying to get things going. And, and each month you're, you're not only not, you're spinning your wheels, but you're also, um, you know, losing some money and that can be a struggle for sure. Well, yeah, it was, it was, um, it was a well-established practice. Mm-hmm. So it was really kind of top heavy. It was a very expensive practice yeah. to run. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, all, all of the marketing that was involved in the practice was 100% dependent upon the previous chiropractor. So yep. the marketing that was, that was getting anyone in the door was a radio show that this previous chiropractor was running as well as, you know, personal referrals from patients to her. Yep. So take her out of the equation mm-hmm. and suddenly I'm left going like, whoa, like, yep. Hey, that's a problem. Um, well, it was also built on, on, you know, like not only her, but also it was built on these crazy treatment plans and recommendations mm-hmm. and all those things that was not ideal. And so 
you you ultimately um, bought something that wasn't right. Right. I mean, I just I didn't feel comfortable selling them. So I think as a result, anyone that did kind of come in the door could like smell that a mile away. Yep. And then current patients were kind of recommended. I think that you should come like once a week, you know, mm-hmm. forever. Mm-hmm. And I personally don't feel like that's something that you need to do. So not only were we having problems with getting new people in the door because there was no established marketing, you know, everyone was coming to the end of their plans and going like, Hey, I don't really want to come like once a month or once a week, every, you know, every week for the rest of my life. Can I come like once a month? And I'm like, yeah, absolutely. You can come once a month. Like that's no problem. So I wasn't really like holding anyone's like feet to the fire. So it became an issue of, um, the established people that were coming, you know, yeah. started coming less. So there's less cash flow there. And then um, difficulty, you know, in terms of converting new people. So it was yeah. kind of crazy for a little while. And that's why like when you're doing this whole, and the whole episode is not going to be on buying a practice that's not mm-hmm. congruent with your, with your <laughs> um, value, system. value system. But yeah. ultimately, you know, it's like, you got to look at these things. If you're going to make the decisions, like, is it, is it a very personality based practice? Is it, is the overhead right. high and being sustained by crazy treatment plans and recommendations and things like that is, um, is the person, did the person put any other marketing into it to where there's going to be a flood of new patients just naturally like Google presence, website, all that type of stuff that would yeah. make something turnkey. And that's what, that's that whole term is as a selling point, as a turnkey practice to where uh, ideally um, a lot of those new patients will still come in. Now, did this person transition you? Did she stick around for a while or what did she sell and was gone? Uh, stuck around working in the office one day a week. Okay. And for how long did she do that? Two years. Okay. Um, so a long transition, but not really there much. So they probably didn't see her too often. And uh, that can be a struggle yeah. as well. So yeah. yeah, yeah. And then okay. it kind of came. Yeah. It was, it was, it was weird for a little while. <laughs> cool. Yeah. No, I can, I can imagine. Especially as there, was, there was some stress. Involved, yeah. So definitely. All right. So let's fast forward a little bit. You, mm-hmm. you got out of that situation. You, you were able to, um, you know, it's that kind of sunk cost fallacy where some people will just keep on hitting their head against the wall because mm-hmm. they've sunk money into it. You've made the right decision to cut ties with that. And then I remember we also worked through a whole other aspect, which was fun. And I've had multiple people talk about this in the past or want to do this was um, not only did you rebrand as far as different clinic name, different stuff like that, and you moved in a different office, but you also really wanted to go into a niche of, of becoming mm-hmm. a sports chiropractor in your area. So talk to talk about that a little bit. That was a really really fun aspect of the transition. I, the previous practice was kind of general population yep. and I, I guess it was just kind of uh, it, it's just frustrating to talk to people maybe with like chronic issues like neck and low back pain. And maybe they've had it for like 30 years mm-hmm. and they come to you looking for help and you say like, Hey, I think you should do something like this. And they still kind of don't care. They, they didn't, didn't really feel like they kind of like appreciated what, you know, what we did in the office. Um, and then I guess I'm taking all of these, these postdoc, I guess, you know, classes in yeah. dry needling and, you know, Graston and all of these other things, like slowly realizing like, Hey, like I really enjoy these kind of techniques that go along with athletes. Yeah. So I formed a, a fantastic relationship with a local CrossFit box owner. Um, he let me come in and, and work on his athletes. And I could tell like right from the get go, like, holy cow, these people are totally different. You know, Mm -hmm. I walk into the gym and they come running. They are so excited to see me. And it made me feel great about what I did again, Mm -hmm. you know, and made me excited about what I did again. And that actually kind of spurred me to like, want to be 
better at what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it totally kind of like re-energized me and, and yeah, I moved into kind of like the sports niche, sports yep. niche and it's been a lot of fun as a result. Yeah. It's been cool to see your transformation because it's like, not only are you um, out of that situation where uh, you weren't in your value system. Now you're in your value system. And then you found a niche that actually fascinates and motivates you. Right. And so you have this combination of now you feel better about what you're doing in the sense of your ethics and you feel uh, amazing of like the type of patient base you have and what you're doing. And, and you did it the right way because, you know, there will be some chiropractors that want to just uh, market and brand themselves as a sports chiropractor, but they don't want to. Uh, and I'm not here to say, there are certain techniques you have to have to be a sports chiropractor, mm-hmm, right. but they don't really have any tool belt or any tools in a tool belt to really be a, a, let's call it sports chiropractor and whatever that for whatever that's worth. But sure. we can, we can definitely realize there's some chiropractors that are not really geared towards treating athletes and sports injuries. And there's others that are based on some knowledge and technique. And so you also have put yourself and you're continuing to do that into the clinical side of things and realizing like you can't just fake it and put it, you know, pretty marketing around it. Um, it that, you know, it's like lipstick on a pig, right? Exactly. Right. <laughs> and, and part of the reason that the, of that, that they can't really, you fake it as much is because the athletes themselves, the, the, the patients, they are aware of those <laughs> techniques. Yes. Like they walk in and they say, I want dry needling Correct. or I want grass and I want cupping. Right. Yeah. And I think I found all of those, or I found the niche almost by accident, meaning that I was doing these, you know, techniques or learning about them more because they fascinated me. Mm-hmm. And then I'm realizing as I'm sitting in all of these classes, everyone that I'm surrounded by are, are ATCs, you mm-hmm. know, and sports physical therapists and maybe a few other like sports cars. I'm like, huh, yeah. that's interesting. Yeah, that's pretty cool for sure. Yeah. Um, so how long ago was that when you um, rebranded new, new clinic name, new color scheme? Um, you're, you're wearing different clothes now, more yeah. like com- comfortable as like a sports chiropractor yeah. would. Uh, when did all that start? June of last year. So we're about a, a little over a year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and what's it been like recently? Like, and obviously, you know, COVID's been fun, <laughs> but fun, um, super fun. <laughs> how's how's your practice going currently? What's what's some of the positives? Uh, 2020 has honestly been great. Um, it started off really strong in January and February. We lost about 52. I'd say about 52. Uh, 52 percent of the practice between um, March and April, mm-hmm. and then suddenly, about halfway through May the phone started ringing and, it, and yep. the stay at home order in North Carolina hadn't really been lifted yet. So I don't think it was like the sudden, you know, the, the rules changed. So everyone kind of came out, everyone just sort of decided to pick up the phone at the same time. And it's been sort of a steady growth ever since then um, back to our pre COVID um, levels. And then kind of beyond actually October was our, our best month ever actually um, as the current practice Cardinal chiropractic and sports recovery. Let's take a break from today's episode and announce our sponsor, Propel Marketing and Design. I've known Darcy Sullivan for years and we've worked hand in hand on my websites. I don't trust anybody else to do search engine optimization. There's so much to it and she does a great job. If you're really going to get results with Google, you have to make sure your website is SEO optimized. And I really don't want you doing it yourself as a chiropractor. You just have to have this type of stuff done for you. There's just no way around it. 
And if you're looking to get more organic online traffic that pulls in new patients, Propel Marketing Design is currently offering chiropractors who listen to this podcast a free SEO website review. The free review will help you uncover methods that will improve your website and boost your search engine visibility. Head over to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor and schedule your free SEO website review. You won't regret it. She gets great results and your website needs this. Your search results need this. Head on over there to propelyourcompany.com slash chiropractor to get your free SEO website review today. I want to take a second to talk about a company that I really respect. These guys are great. I've known them personally, and they just have a high standard in our profession, and that is ChiroUp. ChiroUp is an online platform designed by chiropractors, Drs. Tim Bertelsmith and Brandon Steele. I've personally worked with these guys before. They've spoken all around the world, teaching best practices for a variety of conditions. And about five years ago, they finally put together an idea that we've all already had. ChiroUp is an online platform that holds up-to-date protocols for over 100 conditions that we treat. The information in these protocols is then used to create take-home reports for our patients in literally four clicks, and they are 100% evidence-based. But the most refreshing thing about ChiroUp is that their mission is built on advancing the standard and reputation of chiropractic care, and that's something I know I can get behind. If you haven't checked them out yet, stop what you're doing now, go to their website and set up an account. First time subscribers can get 15% off their monthly subscription with the code CHRISTY15. That's CHRISTY15 for 15% off your monthly subscription. Get started and you can thank me later. Cool. I love it. That's exciting. And you know, I wanted to um, touch on a few things and have you obviously expound on it, but Uh, one of the things that I've always um, been very um, impressed by by you is that you absorb information and you implement it and you uh, implement it until it, it works. And you're one of the few people that have done that consistently in your, in your, I shouldn't say a few, there's a, there's a good amount, but you're, you've really done a lot with it. And so what are some of the marketing things that you've been doing um, to help grow this, this new practice? I want to say all of them. <laughs> you have, yeah. That's, that's uh, literally the answer. I know you, you've yeah. been doing all of it, and, but give us a few of the things that really stick out to you that have moved the needle. I would say I used to think that I could, and I know that this is a modern chiropractic show, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is like, what can we do with strategies of Facebook and you know, Instagram <laughs> no, and stuff you could like talk, that, right? But, you could talk about all the stuff. I, uh, networking yeah. is still the best, right? Right. That, that's kind of what I mean. I yeah. used to try and grow my practice from behind a computer and that failed spectacularly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the moment I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to go out. I'm going to meet people. I'm going to talk to people is really, I feel like when everything started to turn around. Yeah. And I think that that did kind of start around the same time we started working together with coaching. Mm-hmm. So we went down the rabbit hole of like unique ability yep. um, and kind of figure out, okay, what is, what is Andy really good at? Well, Andy's really good at talking with people yep. and he's really good at learning things. Mm. I mean, I know every chiropractor is, is good at learning things, but, but I have a hunger for it. Not yeah. I'm, I'm passionate it. about it. Yeah. If you kind of say like, Hey, here's an idea. Like, okay, well, I'm going to go disappear for the next 48 hours mm-hmm. and absorb every single piece of information I can possibly learn about that topic and come out like a couple of days later and be some sort of like this n- newbie expert kind of on it. <laughs> 
No, you've been doing great. And, you know, going back to what you said, one of the great things about naming this modern chiropractic marketing is because uh, you can always just make it modern, right? Like, so networking um, doesn't seem modern, but now given COVID and all the, on the virtual side of things, um, talk to us a little bit about what we've been discussing with your Zoom uh, interviews and things like that. So it's kind of a modern take on networking. I love doing them. They're really fun. Yeah. So pre-COVID, I would, you know, make it a job of the whole, like, never eat alone, right? Mm -hmm. Every week, I'm going to do two to three lunch dates slash coffee dates and just sit for an hour. And like, that's sort of like my job. You know, that's one of the most important things I can do for this office is just go meet more and more and more people. Like I make yep. it like my job is to know every single personal trainer and every single gym owner um, or athletic trainer that I can meet in my entire county. Right. Yep. So COVID obviously kind of handcuffed me on that one. Um, but I kind of stole, you know, I was already kind of doing some interviews, mm -hmm. you know, but in person, you know, light up the camera and, and, and the lights at me and I'll talk with one of my friends, you know, but I've sort of had a lot more fun of recording them on zoom, almost exactly like this. Like, Hey, tell me yep. about your CrossFit box, you know, tell yep. me how you got started in fitness. Um, and it's unbelievably useful. And the reason is, is not only do you get to share it with your community, you know, it's shared with their community. So you're hitting both. And the person that you're interviewing just absolutely loves you for it. You know, they're now you, your biggest fan. And that's like the quickest way, you know, into their hearts and, and into their trust. Mm -hmm. Every single time that I have done an interview and I try and do maybe about two of them a week, mm -hmm. or excuse me, two of them a month, I've started getting referrals from that person, you know, two to three a, a month right after that. Yep. So it's, it's been highly, almost more successful than in-person networking because in-person, yeah, you're building a relationship, but it's slow. Yeah. But once it's kind of like, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting this interview, I'm putting it online. I'm even spending some money to make sure, you know, a couple thousand people in our community see it. I'm promoting your business. Um, they love you for it. Cause that's the, you, you brought up a couple of points. Like, let's go, let's give two examples. You know, Bob, mm -hmm. uh, you asked them to meet with coffee or for lunch. Like it, it can be trick tricky to, to do the in-person sometimes, although I still believe in it wholeheartedly, but um, a lot of people don't want to have to meet with someone. Whereas if you offer them on a zoom interview, that's video and it's going to get out there and, and, and uh, help them, now it's like, oh, this is easy. I can do it from my house or my office and I'm going to get exposure from it. Whereas if it's coffee at Starbucks, there's not getting any back end exposure of it. So uh, there's a lot of benefits to, to doing this. Yeah. In, in person can, well, Zoom can be awkward too, right? Oh, no, <laughs> but, no but doubt. In, in person can certainly be awkward. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's sort of like a sneaky back way into their good graces, I think. Yep. And it's becoming less awkward zoom people. Everybody knows oh, yeah. what it is. It's, you know, it's become pretty ubiquitous, so it's good. Um, but ultimately to kind of backtrack a little bit, you know, mm -hmm. we, we figured out what your unique ability was. And like you said, it's, it's communicating with people. It's, it's being a people person. And I always remember this story. It was the Jordan Harbinger show. It's a podcast. Uh, I don't listen to it much anymore, but he always would tell an example about networking where when he, he was an attorney in, in Manhattan and he finally had lunch with one of the partners of the firm. And one of his questions was, was like, you know, how did you become and maintain partner when you're, you're never at the office and you always seem like you're just out 
having fun, whether it's lunches and dinners and golf and whatever is like, how, you know, kind of what's the story. And he said, that's my job. He's like, I know everybody. He's like the amount of business it brings into the firm is, is so substantial that me hobnobbing um, is what brings in this business. And I'm not a good, I'm not a good, like heads down attorney. Right. Right. <laughs> and so it just is a good story to be like, and obviously not everybody has that unique skill set, but I do think people can do a very good job of it. But if you ultimately become that person in your community that just, you know, everybody and you have a guy for everything and you're like, mm-hmm. you just, you're, you're that person. It's just amazing what it will do for your practice. Uh, you know, there's some very shy people out there too. So I'm not saying everybody's going to yeah, thrive at it, but for you, it was something we honed in on and realized like, this is what you need to do to really get going, uh, especially with the rebrand and getting into mm-hmm. some of the sports stuff. So, um, and then you took it and ran, which has been great. And you haven't let the, the lockdown or anything kind of hold yeah, you back. Yeah. So it, it's just fun. Like my, like as much as I love being a chiropractor, my dream job would mm-hmm. be sitting in a coffee shop with one or two people and discussing the world's problems. Yeah. <laughs> like, that, like if I did that for eight hours a day, I'm just going to sit in my local like favorite coffee shop, just sit there and just talk about the world's problems and solve, solve the world problem, you know, world's problems over coffee. Like, Oh God, that would be, so is it funny. a, is it in a Paris cafe or is it in North Carolina? Believe it or not, there's this great little coffee shop right around the corner that's actually run by my, by some of my friends mm-hmm. um, called Converge. And, oh man, God, it's, oh, good. Sounds it's, good. it's set up on a, uh, it's, it's European style coffee though. So it's like very kind of like traditionally European, like Italian and, and French uh, style. So it's I, good Lord. It's good. I, I do miss my, my coffee shop lifestyle. I used to, yeah. prior to the, to the baby being on the way, we moved when my wife was pregnant, but we lived in a nice beach town, downtown walkable area. Okay. All kinds of coffee shops. You could find me. That's where I wrote most of the book. Um, but uh-huh. now we're, we bought a house out in suburbia and we're in pandemic time and we got a baby. So the coffee shop life is, is down a little bit, but uh, you know, I actually like that question and topic. I, I've asked chiropractors as many times. It's like, what is your perfect professional life? And I'm not, you know, if you're 30 years old, I'm not talking about next year, but if you were, mm-hmm. you know, I'm 40 now and I'm, I'm getting into that sweet spot of things, but like, let's say you're 40, 45 years old, you've had delayed gratification. You put in a lot of work. Like, what does it look like? You know, some chiropractors, it's like you said, they're, they're networking, they're at the coffee shop meeting people and it's driving business or some, they just want to be pure clinician and they want to have everything else done for them, even to the finances. And, you know, I've got, I know some really good chiropractors where they just really only focus on clinical and we've got a stellar office manager. They got a cat, like everybody's doing all the back end stuff. I got other chiropractors I work with where they don't do any of the marketing. They just do the business. They pull the strings. It's uh, you know, they hire the marketing firm to do the marketing. They hire the associate to do, they do all that. And so I, I love for chiropractors to get very clear on what their perfect scenario would be. And it could be a hybrid. Like right now, I feel like I'm living that realization for me. Um, and I envisioned it a few years back was like, you know, I treat patients twice a week, Monday, Thursday. I'm, I'm only focused on that. Like you'll see nothing else on my schedule on those two days. I'm very present with my, my patients. And then Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday are more of creation, coaching, 
and some business development stuff. So it's uh, definitely enjoyable. And so I think everybody should get clear on what that vision looks like for you. And I know you're, you're clear on it and you'll get there. It's just, you're young. And uh, I think that vision is allowed to change though. Oh, for sure. And especially like for chiropractors, if you're still in school or super young in your career still, um, I still kind of feel like I'm young in my career. Um, That, and when I, God, when I was in school, like I just wanted to be the best clinician in the world, right? Like, yeah. oh, you know, be the best doctor and all the money and we'll just mm-hmm. come to you. Like, no worries, right? Um, and then I got into business and then I kind of fell in love with the business aspect of it. I don't, yep. I don't know why. Um, I can't imagine not seeing patients. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's from like guilt because like I'm a chiropractor. I'm supposed to yeah, I think patients. it also, I think it also provides a high sense of purpose for us being a healer. That true. I think it's, that's true. It's a big one. Yeah. There, there's nothing quite like someone who can't walk into your office and then yeah. suddenly can walk out and they, God, are they excited? Like huge smile. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, just happened yesterday where I'm, I'm sure all of us were like, Hey, you know, just that happened a day or two ago. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know what it is about business is that maybe cause you can be so creative and it's not that you can't be creative um, being a clinician. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can just get into whatever you want with business. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, 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 it's a lot of fun. No, it is. It is. And you know, you've, you've improved on that side of things too. And it's been fun to see your growth because it's been not only the networking, it's definitely you shoot the videos and do the online marketing. You're, mm-hmm. you're, you're, you're improving yeah, the, the website, the SEO, like you're doing all that stuff. Uh, we've also worked a lot on your report of findings and you've even, you send me videos of you doing report of findings and we critique it. So you've really cleared up that communication as well. So, so that's been good. Um, but to, to kind of put a, put a bow on it, uh, your, your perseverance has been awesome. Um, what are some recommendations you'd have for chiropractors that feel like they're either in a very bad situation, don't know how to get out of it, or feel like they're just, you know, treading water and they're not growing. Uh, what would you recommend for them to really get out of that rut and, and really just transform their, their career? Um, am I allowed to steal a Jerry Kennedyism? I love Jerry Kennedy. Yeah, okay. do it. One of his big ones, I think it's one of like my mantras now, it's so mm-hmm. good, um, is that in order to grow your business, you have to grow yourself. Mm-hmm. And you have this image maybe of your business in five or 10 years of whatever, this more successful version of your business mm-hmm. is owned and run by a more successful version of yourself. Ah. It's not, you're not going to be able to make it happen if you don't first improve yourself. Yep. Um, so that's, that's sort of, I guess, I don't know if that's where like my, the grit comes from or something like that. I, I'm perfectly aware that I'm going to get beaten down throughout my whole career. You know, my yeah. struggles are, are not over. I've got a whole lot in front of me. Um, and just have that growth mindset that getting beat up is totally okay. Yeah. It's even great as long as you learn from it. You know, as much as mm-hmm. the craziness of the last couple of years, I'm not sure I would trade it, you know, for anything, you know, for smooth sailing yeah. um, because it, you know, it kind of like forged me in terms of like, you know, through fire of, of, you know, get to work, you yeah. know, read constantly. 
listen to every single podcast you possibly can. So I, I use podcasts a lot as sort of like my focus, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yep. I'll get distracted every once in a while and read like a good, you know, audible, you know, book. Mm-hmm. Um, but if I can make sure that I'm listening to some kind of business related podcast. Um, I love the story brand podcast. You know, yep. that one's really good. Um, one. Just in terms of like general business knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a, let's touch on that real quick. It's a little sidebar, but nah, it's kind of genius what he's done with that yes. podcast because he's using it as a Trojan horse in a way where um, he, it's not, a, it's really not a marketing podcast, even though he's a, mm-hmm. mar- he's a marketing company, but it's a business development podcast because you know, he wants business leaders and entrepreneurs and business owners to listen to that. And then those are the people that make the decision that would hire him for the marketing. (laughs) He doesn't want it to be a marketing only podcast because then it would just be marketers and then they wouldn't, you know, so it's just genius what he's done with that. It is genius what he's done. And like he does, uh, I think like a three minute daily kind of like brief every day, like a three minute kind of uh, business tip that's delivered to your email, like inbox every morning. Oh God. It's so He's a good example of someone who's transformed his career too, because that's right. He was a memoir writer and it's funny. I'm reading a book right now called present over perfect. And it's uh, I forget what her name is the author, but um, one of the uh, recommendations in the book is from Donald Miller, but not like this book is pre story brand. It's not Donald Miller, the best, ah. t- whatever of it's, it's Donald Miller author, a uh, best uh, selling author of blue, like jazz and whatever the other name was, which were his memoirs. So he did well writing memoirs and then transformed himself into a marketing messaging guy. And now he's really diving into a business a lot. So it's pretty interesting uh, what you can do if you can write or any other type of content creation. So uh, I think it's kudos to him to kind of put his finger on something that was, I don't know if it was missing, but needed to be simplified. Oh, that's good. And then be able to bring it to everyone and make it simple. that's him. true. That's cool. You know, and, and going back, you know, obviously you had your hard times and that's what, you know, 2015 was really hard for me. And that was the precipice of, of really starting the modern chiropractic marketing group and, and turning it into what it is now. It's like, um, not, I don't wish, uh, difficult times on anybody, but it's almost a benefit if at some point in your career, you go through a very difficult time. Uh, again, I don't wish it on anybody because yeah, exactly. it's not fun. It's not fun. It's kind of like uh, the example I remember hearing. There's like um, parents that want their uh, pitching, their pitcher son or daughter, mostly son because it's overhead, uh, to mm-hmm. have the Tommy John surgery on their elbow uh, because they come back throwing harder, adding a few miles per hour on there. Uh, but really what it is, is not getting the Tommy John surgery. It's the insane rehab they do afterwards that does it. So it's just like, yeah, or the mindset of the kid, are they going <laughs> to yeah. come back from it? Or are they not, are they going to give up or are they going to get better as a result? Exactly. So it's like, if you could just do all the prehab without the surgery, you'd be great. <laughs> um, so if you, uh, I, I use that analogy cause it's like, if you have not gone through tough times and I don't want you to, but, uh, try to find your impetus to really grow yourself. Like you said, cause that was what I did. I, I, after 2015, I focused for about a year and a half on really 
really growing myself. And then mm-hmm. honestly, the, the podcast and the Facebook group was an outlet to even continue yeah. to grow myself and interviewing people all the time and continues to grow. So find your way to grow. And then from there, your, your business will transform. And I think if you are not sure where to start when it comes to, okay, that's a great idea. Like, how do I, how do I grow? I think you start with growth and discipline. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to get through it, you're going to get through it because you were able to instill an, ins- an intense or an insane level of discipline in yourself. Yep. Um, like the first couple of books that I was reading, you know, like was War of Art, you know, and, Great one. Um, you know, how to plan your day. I'm trying to remember the name of that one. I'm sorry. But, uh, you know, all about how to structure your day to get more done. And becoming very diligent and very disciplined about how you spend your time um, and how you use your time wisely to grow yourself, maybe more in terms of what are you going to be listening to? What are you going to be reading? When are you going to do your top three, you know, you know, tasks that you have for the day? How does that move you in the right direction? Um, Things like that. Perfect. You got to set the intention. I know you did that and you continue to grow. I, I really appreciate your time today. And I know you and I will be talking often and soon. So uh, thank you again for this. I'm, I really appreciate your, your transparency thank as you. well. Yeah, this was honestly a, a huge honor, really. Uh, cool. All right. We'll be talking soon. Thank you, Kevin. Thanks again for listening to another episode of the Modern Chiropractic Marketing Show. Before you leave, make sure you check out our website. We've got blogs and podcasts and all kinds of great info at www.modernchiropracticmarketing.com. We also have a closed Facebook group of the same name where a lot of like-minded chiropractors are workshopping ideas and making sure that we have this continual advancement of marketing, business, mindset, and just growth of your practice. So check us out, modernchiropracticmarketing.com and the Facebook group of the same name.